Carl Williams of the To Carl Williams Show. Tonight, we are focusing on Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street. So just to give you all a brief synopsis of what that is and why I'm doing it, and I think I'll start off with the reasonings of why I'm doing what I'm doing. I I decided to create this particular segment to empower our black youth. You know, I want to feature black entrepreneurs, black business owners, successful people in the black community that that are like me and that the black youth, the children can relate to. Um, Nothing is wrong with anybody else, any other race doing great things that they're doing in their respective businesses, but our youth has seemed to taken a turn in their loss. In them being lost, they need guidance. So I decided, you know, not only I do a sports talk radio show on Wednesdays, but tonight it's all for me. It's a different passion that I have, and it's all about black empowerment. Um, no disrespect to anybody else, but I feel the need to empower those who are like me. Um, that look like me, that have gone through similar struggles that I've gone through, and worse, just because we are who we are. Um, and again, it's about empowering our black youth, giving them something to look forward to, letting them know that they don't just have to be a athlete or a celebrity to make a difference in the world. There's, there's definitely not enough successful occupations that are shown to them on a consistent basis. Not saying that they don't exist out there, because they do. Um, They just don't see it enough. And when you don't see something, you know, subconsciously, your mind tends to think certain things may not exist. If all they see in the media is rappers, athletes, entertainers, celebrities, and, and we all know it's hard to get to those places. There's a lot of work that goes into getting to those places. And no matter what race you are, what creed you are, you know, there's, that's a, that's a, that's an area that's about the numbers. Only a select few people make it to those places. And as you get further along in those respective, the numbers tend to dwindle and decrease. So I wanted to highlight different occupations different successful businesses, um, and let these let the youth know that it's more to it than just being a celebrity, a rapper, or, you know, just they just think it's, it's quick. They think that's quick. It's not easy either being any one of those things that I just named, but they need to know that there's more to it than just that. Um, the black youth is getting lost to the streets, violence, drugs, addiction, and their lack of knowledge. If we're able to get our youth back, and because, again, the youth is our future. Whether we want to believe it or not, they really are. The youth, they are our future, and we have to start educating them with the knowledge so that they can do the things that we need them to do in the future because, you're raising the future leaders of America, whether you know it or not. Um, it doesn't matter what circumstance they come from. This is what you're raising. You're raising a potential leader. So, you know, 
at all all means. Do well by the youth. You know, there's a saying, it takes a village, and that is very true. Um, I know when I was growing up, you know, all family pitched in to raise not only me, but, you know, my, my cousins that were my age, my younger sister. Um, everybody contributed. Uh, nieces, nephews, everybody. You know, it was it wasn't a we just left you out there as a single parent to do your thing and roll the dice and hope for the best. You know, the family was supportive and we have to get back to that. We have to continue to be supportive with one another, keeping that in mind. You know, it, it does take a village. But just to give you guys a little background on Black Wall Street, Black Wall Street is actually something that existed in 1921 in a small community. It's in a community called Greenwood, and that neighborhood was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, Black Wall Street was known as one of the most prominent concentrations during the early 20th century. Now, you got to think about the time here. The early 20th century, 1921, it's like segregation still existed, racism very widespread, um, violence against blacks, and it, it was very much promoted. Again, like I said, segregation, and we, we couldn't even be in the same vicinity as some just because of who we were. So, you know, um, this is a very prominent situation and if most people don't know the history you know hopefully I can enlighten you guys on some of it and you really get the full aspects of what it is and you also can go on and do your own research as well but you know Greenwood was known as Black Wall Street like I said it was in 1921 and what happened was there was a race war Um, the white residents in 1921 massacred hundreds of black residents hundreds and if you're listening online, you will see a couple pictures that I have going over this, uh, going over the screen from Black Wall Street, just showing some bombings and just it it it, it got out of control. But just to give you an analogy of what it was, on Black Wall Street you had 600 black businesses. Now think about that. This is in one location. You know when you think 600 now. Just think of it as 600 widespread. You know, that's thinking of it now. But I'm talking about if we took, for instance, a Hollywood, Florida, or a Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and you have 600 businesses within just that sector. You know, that's a lot of businesses. That's a lot of money being generated. And these are these were black-owned businesses. And in that sector also, you had 21 churches. Um, you know, very well right now today you can go in some communities and, you know, these communities, certain sections can be made up of 13 streets, two and a half avenues, and you can have about 10 churches within that realm. Do the residents attend those those churches? I'm not sure if everybody in that community does go to different churches in there or they travel and go outside of the community because that is another thing that happens as well too, but you had 21 churches in there. You also had 21 restaurants. All of this is black owned, mind you. Keep that keep that in the back of your head. You had 21 black owned restaurants. When you sit and you just think about this, how many black owned restaurants do you see today? Successful, prominent in your neighborhoods. If you live in an all black predominantly black neighborhood, 
How many black restaurants do you see in that, those neighborhoods? Think about it. Just let that be a thought in your mind. Also, they had 30 grocery stores. 30 black-owned grocery stores. Now, think about that. We, growing up, I think we had one, two, about two grocery stores. You either had a, from where I'm from, you had a Publix and a Winn-Dixie. And then, you know, within a, probably going from Daniel Beach Boulevard to Sheridan Street, you have another Publix. Winn-Dixie is probably, you know, one in one neighborhood, and you go down a couple miles, four or five miles, and then you run into another. But think about having 30 grocery stores in in this sector, in this sector, um, two movie theaters. Now, if you think about movie theaters today, they are pretty much spread out. And, we're, and we're, again, we're talking about black-owned, black-owned businesses, two movie theaters. You had six private airplanes. Now, that's huge. That is very huge because when you sit and you think about what does it take to own your own airplane or to own your own airline, these are things that you know we don't really put a lot of a lot of thought into, but this is happening. This did happen in 1921. They had their own hospital, their own banks, post office, own schools, own libraries, law offices. They even had their own bus system. So think about the successes that were just in that section, that Greenwood neighborhood in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Think about. When you have people coming in, starting a race war, and massacring hundreds of black residents, think about what that does to the psyche of the child that's in that neighborhood that grew up seeing all these the successful businesses. Because I told you, it was 600 black businesses in Greenwood at this time in 1921. So as a youth, you grow up, you're seeing this with your eyes. So you're seeing I can be successful like Mr. John down the street. I can be successful like Miss Betty up the street. And these are people that I can relate to. And I'm quite sure that that dollar, before it left out of Greenwood, that dollar circulated a whole lot. It didn't have to go outside of the community so much because they generated money right within there. And to have something so prominent, and, and so successful, just be destroyed because of race, just solely on the basis of race, because you don't look like someone else. That's that's outright that's outright crazy. But that was the time they were living in, and it's not much different now. You have race wars going on even right now. You have hate crimes going on even right now. You know, but. For me, Black Wall Street is educating the people that I feel need it and we're, we're thriving for and we're thirsty for it. You know, how do you how do you rebuild this? You know, just think about it. This is that was one section. That was one neighborhood. That was one city in the in the United States of America. If you take that same blueprint and you do that in one city in each county amongst among the US how successful can we be how powerful can we be as a people even with educating ourselves 
they had a banking system, so you know they understood finance, which is something that a lot of us don't understand today. It's like a foreign language. We got to learn better life skills. We have to. And, and these are things that matter during the long run. So how do we how do we rebuild that? How do we get back to doing all those things and showing our youth that you don't just have to be a celebrity to be successful. You don't just have to be a athlete to be successful. You don't have to just be an entertainer. You don't have to just be a rapper. You can be whatever it is you desire to be if you put your mind to it. When you equip the youth with knowledge, as they go through life, no matter what they face, nobody can take that knowledge away from them. You instill it in them. You know, again, we drift off. We do because, you know, you're only human. You want to experience different things. But when you equip the youth with knowledge, when you catch them at their most impressionable age, and that's where we have to do a better job at what we feed our youth, what we instill in them, what we put in them. So it's very important that, you know, things that we teach, you know, we teach it the right way. And, you know, a lot of a lot of our communities and a lot of our parents, a lot of our grandparents, we got to start leading by example. The village has to lead by example. And that's just solely about doing the right things. You know, when you have kids, and I have none, so please don't um, jump down my throat for this, but you know, I have a parent. You know, I lost my dad when I was eight. I lost my dad to a gunshot, and that's from black-on-black violence. So when I see people, we, we're we killing each other at a rapid rate, especially black-on-black violence. So I feel totally passionate about that situation because, again, like I said, I was eight years old. My dad got shot and killed by another black man. Did the police try to find him? I really don't know. I can't tell you, but the community, you know, I know my dad had a lot of friends. He was loved by me. I'm sure somebody knew something, but again, when when things happen in our community, nobody says anything. Everybody's just like a hush hush, don't say nothing. You known as a snitch, whatever, whatever. But it's not it's not all happy and fun when it happens to you. When that shoe's on the other foot, you know that's not a good feeling. It's definitely not a good feeling. And right now today. You know that my my dad's case is a is a cold case because the guy was never caught. Now I get people in the streets and the community telling me what happened to the guy. I mean I've gotten stories that the guy was in jail that he died. I don't even know any of this stuff to be factual. I never knew his name. Um, only knew of a street name. But you know that's neither here nor there. If they could tell me all of this information. Was this information not told to the police? Did the police not investigate it? You know, there's just so many questions, but the point I'm trying to make is with black-on-black violence, we have to do better as a community. And in doing so, it starts with educating and arming our youth with knowledge. Because at the end of the day, you know, everybody is not school material, bottom line. Everybody doesn't want to go to education. In order to be successful, you don't have to go any further. You know, there's a lot of successful people out here who don't have a college education. You know, and if you look at back in the day in your early 60s and 50s and 
potentially the 70s, there are a lot of successful black-owned businesses that are ran by black men um, that these these men didn't have education past some elementary school. Think about that, elementary school. Some of their education didn't come past elementary school. Some dropped out in middle, some dropped out in high school. Does that mean they're not knowledgeable on the endeavors that they've taken in? Absolutely not, because like I said, it's some very successful people whose education doesn't go as far as elementary school, but that within itself tells you that experience is a great teacher, and sometimes people work better being experienced in something versus reading books, learning that way. So we have different forms of learning, and we have to really master you know, how we're teaching our children and how we're teaching the youth is very important. But everybody's not school material. Everybody doesn't like school. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you have to do what's required. You really can't do anything without a high school education. And if people choose to just get their diploma and focus on building a business, then I see nothing wrong with that. You know, we we put so much emphasis on going to school and getting an education when we have people out here that are highly educated, have degrees, masters, PhDs, and these people don't even have a job. Or you have people who have went off to college, gotten degrees, they're not even working in their perspective field. Um, so you got to really sit down, you know, and talk to your children and, and plan things out. You know, planning to fail, and it has to be that we incorporate something amongst the black youth and really instilling them certain things that will generate a spark and generate an interest. And you have to do that by showing them different things, not the same things over and over again. You can get on social media right now, and it's fights all over the place. You see people getting jumped all the time. You know, the things that we're promoting is it's not good for our youth. It is really not. So we got to get into promoting what's right. Um and I I I I switch subjects really fast. Um just getting away from what I was just talking about with Black Wall Street and the different businesses and everything. Um in Hollywood, Florida, which is where I'm from in a little sector called Liberia. Um, that's uh, located in Hollywood, there is going to be a potential street name change. Um, Two of the streets are in Liberia, and one of the streets is in Hollywood. So the reason why these street names are on the ballot to be voted for, and the vote happens on August 30th at 4 p.m. at City Hall. So if you can get down there, if this means something to you, um, those the streets that I'm about to name were named after Confederate generals. One being the leader of the KKK, and this is in a predominantly black neighborhood. This is this not even predominantly black. It's an all black neighborhood. Um, Fourth Street, Hood Street, the potential uh, name changes that will be brought to the forefront. And Forest and Hood Street is actually in Liberia. Um, there's 13 streets in Liberia, and two of them are named after Confederate generals. So they're trying to change these names. Um, Forest Street will become Savannah. 
Hood Street will become Macon, and Lee Street, which is on the opposite side um, of Liberia, which is just south of Liberia, will be named uh, Louisville. So that's something very important in the black community that's coming up. Um, how many of you are actually going to go out there and support that movement? Um, that's what I will be waiting to see. Now, me personally, I will make it my business to be there August 30th at 4 p.m. at City Hall. I grew up in that area, grew up in that community. And the funny thing about that, um, a resident, a resident that lives on Hollywood Beach, name is Laura Schechter. She did not grow up in Liberia. She is not a black American, $1,000, because in order for this process to even get started, there was a $2,000 application fee, and that's $2,000 per street to get a name change. So we have $2,000 per street, and this lady decides to take it amongst herself to pay $6,000 toward getting the street name change. She did that, and this started the movement to make that happen. So August 30th, if the work is done and you just have to show up and vote, are we going to get out there and vote? And this is for the community. This is for the community. Are you going to get up there and vote, or are you going to sit back and continue to just complain about what's there, what's not there? You're not going to get any action like that. You actually have to go up and make the vote happen to get that done on the local scale. Here's your chance to make a difference. If you're okay with the street names being what they are, so be it. If you have an issue with it, I would think that you're going to be out there putting your vote in and getting something accomplished, taking action to do so. This this is what I'm just thinking that would happen because we sit back so much and we just – wait for things to happen on their own and not, you know, you have to take some form of action. You have to be ready to have something put in place. And right now you have an opportunity. Um, We've all heard the statement in the saying, faith without works is dead. This is one of those opportunities. This is one of those times. We can definitely get this in right now. Um, Again, that's on August 30th. Real quick, briefly, before I move on to something else, just so you guys know and understand, if you have a question or comment, you can text 754-200-5791. Again, if you have a question or comment, you can text 754-200-5791. And if you want to, when you guys call in and listen to the show, if you're not called in already, if you want to call in and listen to the show, That number is 929-477-3970. Again, that's 929-477-3970. Back to what I was speaking about, about the street name change. Now, it, 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 it starts now. You know, we have to do a little bit better with the action steps that we're taking to make things happen. If you want to get your community back. You want to build it up. You know, we, we're we basically losing the community because, like I said, we're no longer owning things in the community. We no longer own our community, so we're losing it at a rapid rate. You know, so what do we do? 
we keep fighting battles that we're not winning. The first battle, the very first battle that we have to win in order for us to progress as a people, especially in the black community, we have to win the battle against us. We have to win the battle against ourselves. Once we accomplish that, we can do great things. But once we figure out how to win the battle amongst ourselves, you know, we will be on to something so great, so powerful. And, you know, once we understand the dynamic of, of how things work, we're able to come up with solutions to various problems. We're able to get a lot of things done because now you have an understanding of what it takes and how you get there. We have to we have to hmm, tear ourselves down and build ourselves back up. If that makes sense to you, tear ourselves down and build ourselves back up. We've been tearing each other down for years. It's time to build each other up. And it's time to focus on progression. You can't progressively move forward in anything if you're so stuck on just mesmerizing, hypnotized by something that has been told to us is holding us back for so long. We, ourselves, everything starts from within. And if you take that statement of within, we're holding ourselves back. We got to do a better job of that. So once we accomplish that, stop holding each other back. Let's push each other forward. Minimize the hate. It's going to take a while for the hate to get out of there because it's so embedded in us as a people. But once we do that, everything will be okay. And um, my first guest is on the line tonight. So I'm going to get her on the line. This is Susan Robinson. Susan, how are you doing tonight? I'm fine, thank you. And yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. So um, just wanted to bring you on and let you feature your businesses. So I will let you um, give everybody a little bit of background on yourself, and then you can go right into telling us um, what your businesses are about. Okay. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that you have me on your show. Um, my name is Susan Robinson. I am a mother of two wonderful kids. Um, basically just tired of being sick and tired and tired of just being old, just being broke and that's at J O B. So I decided to do something extra. Um, one of the extra things that I decided to do is I'm with a I'm an independent business partner with financial education services, F E S. And we are a company that helps families build a strong financial profile with our flagship product being credit restoration. FES was founded in 2004. We are rated A-plus for the Better, Better Business Bureau, a debt-free company, which is a good thing. To start with the financial freedom, there's a one-time activation fee of $99 and $89 monthly fee. And with that, you are offered the credit restoration, the Credit Builder, the Life Lock, the FES Debt Zero, the My Care Plan, Credit Attorney, Smart Credit, Financial Lock Block Box, and much more. Now, once you join on, if you decide to join on and get your credit straight and just get your life straight, basically, you know, like there's life wills and different things that you can do also, we ask that each client stay on for like six months because of the mailing process. The client will have to send in two pieces of documents into the company, and that will be your Social Security, a copy of your Social Security card, and a driver's license. 
and within seven to ten business days, you would receive a dispute package from FES. And with that, you're going to sign and you're going to send that on to the three credit agencies. Now, I ask all my clients to, when they get that package, to give me a call so I can help them make sure the process goes smoothly and that everything is mailed in. We can date everything to figure out what day that you send it out. Because by law, within 30 to 45 days, the credit agencies must respond or they must give you an updated credit report. The best thing, what I really like, too, about that $89 you're paying a month, $2 from that is donated to YFL, which is the Youth Financial Literacy Plan. Uh It's a program, and that's to educate the young people ages 18 to 8 in schools all across America. And with that, they also give annual college scholarships, YFL giveaways. And so far this year alone, there has been $180,000 Given away this year okay. alone. Now, so is, that, that, that's a great that, thing. is that national? Yes. Okay. It's all across all across the U.S. Okay. So with that, you can like contact me, and also if you like, if you're not in the South Florida area and you're somewhere else and you want to attend a event, just contact me, and I can make sure you get into an event where you can sit into the event in your area. I can find out where it's going to be held in your area. And you can fit into the event, and you may even decide to become or join in with FES, which is great. So, as far as FES, you can contact me on the website, and that is www.myfes.net/slash/forward/slash/srobinson5. And once again, that's www.myfes.net/forward/slash/capital/s capital R, O-B-I-N-S-O-N-5. And that way we will be on to having a awesome financial portfolio and building our youth, you know, as you're building your family's um, portfolio, financial portfolio, you're teaching your youth, your kids, to be more aware of, like, their spending habits and Mm -hmm. credit so that's something that, you know, I'm, I'm 53, and I'm not giving out my age. I'm 53. <laughs> and, you know, we were told we were told to save for a rainy day, save for a rainy day. But sometimes when that rainy day came, guess what? We had to use what was told, you know, that we saved. So right. it's good to know the strategies of saving and why you're saving and why you need that um, credit history to be strong. Because most people get a credit card and they max it out or they almost max it out. But what we need to remember that you need to have, if you're going to use it, only use 30% of it. Right. Don't use don't use the entire thing. Use only 30% of that and pay that off as so, quickly Susan, as possible. Don't you, do the minimum. Let okay. me ask you a question. What is the um, the age range of your clientele? Um, it ranges from 18 and up. And there's okay. really no particular, you know. Like yeah. I can't say it's all the thirty years old or all the forty year old. Yeah. You know, it, it, it range. It's it's different because yeah. you have like the student loans out there, and you have like all the different things, like the bankruptcies and stuff like that. Even with bankruptcies, you don't have to worry about that. All of that will be taken care of. You know, we can look into different things and see where you are. The company looks into that, and they'll let you know where you are and where you stand with that as well. Okay. Yeah, and the reason why I asked that is because you know earlier before I brought you on, I, I was actually speaking on. Um, 
educating the youth from a financial standpoint. So, you know, I did want to get a little insight on, you know, how early of an age where people are starting to um, come to you because, you know, not saying that it's never, it's never too late, but the earlier the better because that means they are yeah. arming themselves with the knowledge that they need to make sure their financial future is secured. Right, and that's why they start, it's like the literacy program, the um, the YFL is from 8 to 18. Mm-hmm. So exactly. that's those kids that are going to the corner store, you know, that <laughs> $2 and going to get that, you know, that bag of chips and that, that um, soda. Yeah. You need to grab them now. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And now um, tell us about the second business that you have. Now the second one. While we're getting our finances in order, we need to get our body in order also. So how many of you would like to lose five pounds in five days? I'm sure there's a lot. Some people will. (laughs) Okay. Well, I decided to do just that. And I'm the second thing is a home-based business, once again, marketing, weight loss, and health products with an established 16-year-old company with customers all over the world. You probably heard the buzz around the company, and it's called Total Life Changes. Mm-hmm. Now, Total Life Changes, its hero product is the IOSO tea. It's a unique natural blend of nine essential herbs designed to cleanse the upper and lower intestine, ridding the body of harmful toxins and parasites while helping you to lose weight without side effects. Because, you know, sometimes we lose weight and we don't feel good. You, you know, you have all the different side effects. So without the side effects, you know, you're losing the weight which also it comes in an instant formula because sometimes we don't want to make the gallon tea for the week or whatever like that. So you can do the instant, which is also good. Now, we also offer a product called Nutriverse, which I like. I work out in the sun. I deliver mail and everything, and, you know, the sun beats you down and you're tired all the time. And that's like a supplement. It's like a daily supplement vitamin, and um, it's a liquid form. And it helps also, it's like um, the toxicity. Detoxifying my system while it's supplying the essential elements that I need to strengthen my body. So that's one of my favorite as well. And with that, we offer other products like Gourmet Coffee, the anti-aging. Um, there's beauty products and there's essential oils, there's aromatherapy. So there's many other products too, you know, as well. What I really, really like, and I like them both. Um, like if you decide to do the TLC, there's like five different ways that you can get paid. So, you know, we all like that. <laughs> That's like a winner. You know, when you can get paid five different ways for doing something that you like and using, the, you know, I'm using the products and I enjoy the products and the products are working. Um, there's five different ways. And that's the retail customer profits and commission, the binary commission, um, the lifestyle bonuses, the fast start bonuses, and the matching bonuses. Now, the lifestyle bonuses are just that. It will change your lifestyle. Like, when you sit back and look at the different lifestyle bonuses and the different cars that they offer and the different things, and, and that's what both companies, they offer you cars, trips, and you name it. So, And it's a, another way for you to stop being, like I mentioned earlier, J-O-B, just over broke, <laughs> and we've heard that several times, and it's true. And we have to also learn how to have that multiple stream of income coming in. Sometimes you can't depend on just that one thing. You know what I mean? And it's good to have something working for you while you're asleep. Yes. Because while you're (laughs) sleeping, you hear a bing, you hear a bing, you know, that means, guess what, somebody just ordered or somebody just, you know, did something to help you 
get to where you want to get, that financial, you know, help that child. Like I said, I have two kids. Both of them are in college. One is doing her master program. The other one, he just started. So um, being a single mother, a widowed mother, something I didn't sign up for, but I thank God anyway because I have two awesome kids. Um, this is what's going to help me, help them. Right. And not only that, that the financial part is going to help them so they won't make some of the mistakes I made. So right. It's like me giving back to them. So with the Total Life Changes, um, that website is shoptotallifechanges.com forward slash Robinson Healthy Life. And that's S-H-O-P dot T-O-T-A-L-L-I-S-E-C-H-A-N-G-E-S dot com forward slash R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N-H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-L-I-S-E. And, and those are ways that you can contact uh, Susan, exactly. Right. And also my number, phone mm-hmm. number, 954-274-7104. So while we're being healthy as far as our body and our finances, and we have to remember that God wants us to be to prosper, so we yes. can help. You know what I mean? Yes. A lot of people think prosperity and money and this and that and the other, but you need to be healthy as well. Yes, you cannot be unhealthy and be prosperous. They kind of don't go together. <laughs> they <laughs> they kind of don't, don't, don't go together. <laughs> <laughs> so, Susan, I want, I want to ask you That's this. Um, some of the potential things that you've ran into as far as um, hurdles or stumbling blocks, obstacles, whatever you may call them, um, with starting your businesses because – you know, like you said, having a job is just over being broke. But when people are so used to going to a nine to five all the time and then venturing out into entrepreneurship and, you know, really being in charge of their own business and even supporting the businesses that you started, what's some of the hurdles that you've run into? All right. The biggest hurdle or obstacle, per se, was me. You know why? Because I had to get over that fear of, opening my mouth to say, okay, this is what I'm doing, and, hey, check this out, and I need you to go look at my site. You know why? Because I didn't want to hear that no. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want to hear no. We don't want to be rejected. But I've learned that with every no, that made me, I had to build up my, you know, build it up in myself to say, you know what, I'm going after again. I'm going again. I'm going again. Not only that, um, sometimes you tell your family, but you have to leave them for later and come back to them. Right. You can't. You have to leave your friends sometimes and come back to them, mm-hmm. and go outside of the norm. So my mind, what I decided to do every morning, I said, um, "Lord, when I get up, I'm going to have to talk to at least three people dealing with either either company, thirty minutes a day." So you figure what, seven days a week, three people a day. Um, guess what? At least half of them are going to say yes. Um, if they can't use it, guess what? They're going to pass it on to somebody else that they know. Right. As far as your family is concerned, once they see you using the products or you doing what you have to do and you have to show them, you know. Right. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but sometimes we have to show our family when something is working for us before they join in and say, hey, you know what that is working? I'm going to try that. But that's okay. Right. That's not bad. Right. That's not a bad thing. You know why? Because once they get aboard, then they're going to refer you. If they don't join you, they're going to refer you to their friends. So everybody always knows at least five people that can use something that you're doing. Yes. And that person knows at least five. 
but they're actually know they know more than that. But you you can bank on that five for sure. So you have to be confident in it, and don't take the no's as you know like oh it's not going to work. Don't beat up on yourself, and just keep striving, keep going, keep going. Have a goal, write it down, or if you have to take a picture of something that you see every morning, put it in the bathroom on the mirror, and say this is my goal, this is what I want. And you have to motivate yourself. So no matter what, you just can't stop. Makes perfect sense. And like you said, with family, sometimes seeing is believing. Um, that's, the, mm-hmm. that's the only way they kind of believe you sometimes. They have to see it. And, you know, once they see you reaching a certain level, you know, they do want to hop on board. But um, I definitely right. wanted to get that input from you um, regarding some uh, obstacles that you face. And that's just about what everybody faces, fear, you know, and it's within right. self. So, you know, that's that's definitely something. Yeah. Um, Before I brought you on the line, I was actually speaking about um, Liberia and the street name changes in Liberia. And being that you've been a resident in Liberia for a while, um, and you raised your kids there, so you really have a a very unique perspective on things in the community, and that is a predominantly black community. So I wanted to get your outtake on how do you feel about the streets being changed from the Confederate, Confederate general's name to um, Forest Street will become Savannah, Hood Street will become Macon, and Lee Street, which is on the opposite side of, of uh, Liberia, will become Louisville. What What are your thoughts on right. that? I think it needs to be changed back, um, especially with everything that's going on now. And you would think that this day and age in 2017, we shouldn't be still discussing the issue of racism. Um, we should be far beyond that. Um, like you said, those were the original names making the Louisville and the Savannah. And um, the thing is, behind these names, I don't know if anybody know or not, um, these names were because Macon, Georgia, is like a predominantly black area. So that's how that street became Macon. And this was done where um, it was Jim Crow who basically said that, all right, this is a black area. We're going to name these streets after the predominantly black cities. So that's how we got our names of the Macon, the Louisville, and the Savannah, Georgia, Louisville, Kentucky, Macon, Georgia. Atlanta Street was after Atlanta, Georgia, like the predominantly black areas in other parts of the um, U.S. And that's how we got our names. Um, The name, the Confederate names came about is because it was told that we don't want us to forget. Mm -hmm. Now, that to me, was like, you know, when I found that part out, it was like, you don't want me to forget, which is great. We we shouldn't forget where we came from, but I don't want to be reminded that right. that's what Forrest was, uh, you know, you the, you own slaves and, you know, you were, you're, you're this Confederate guy and you, you wanted me to be oppressed. I don't need to look at that every day. Right. I'd rather look at the fact that um, Savannah, guess what, that's a predominantly black area where everybody's doing fine and we're doing good, you know. And um, even with Liberia, Liberia is an awesome place. I've been here. I (laughs) love my city. (laughs) And, you know, at first, you know, people say Liberia. Yes, Liberia. You know, little little Africa. I love it. Yes. (laughs) Because we we are close-knit. You know, we we have we are close knit. We may have our little glitches and whatnot, but guess what? When it all comes down, guess what? We stick together, and we yes. can rise above this. And I think with the name changing, that would help us also to rise above this stigma that they give Liberia. You know, because it's Little Africa and that yes. it's predominantly black. But guess what? Just because of that, we can still rise above any of that. 
Exactly. Exactly. I love that. And you just taught me something new because I actually did not know that those are actually the original names of those streets. So mm-hmm. you taught me mm-hmm. something new tonight. <laughs> and and yep. that's what I mean. Yep. When when we get the knowledge and we know the knowledge, you know, we can become so powerful in what we're doing. And that's what this show is all about, Black Wall Street. And you just, I mean, you just really hammered it home for me with just that one statement right there alone. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So it's basically, you know, we, we have to, um, we basically need to, I mean, we're, we're good, but we need to come. We can get closer together and there's certain niches and everything like that, but that's our culture. You know what I mean? So we right. get not that. Right. Um, I'm not saying that we have to forget, but let's not be reminded because I, I feel as if those names not being changed, we're reminded, guess what, we're, it's, it's almost like an oppression also. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. To remind Absolutely. you that you're not going to go any further than here, and that's not true. Because exactly. if you think about the history of Liberia and the, we have Pender, who live right here on Cody Street, yes. place of Chicago Bears. We yes. have um, the first black um, referee, um, mm-hmm. Simonette. Yes. We have um, right out, and I'm talking like this area, MLK, which was mm-hmm. Northeast Community Center, you know, they right. all came from here. Right. And we have other ones that's striving from this area. And that that was just the name of a few. We have Tamara James who came through MLK, even though she lived on Dania's side, that's still a part of Hollywood, you might as well say, because we're right here together, who exactly. went on to be with the NBA. Um, and the list goes on and on. So mm-hmm. Liberia itself is powerful. Very it's much. It's very powerful. And very when much. you sit down and you think about, like, some of the younger ones that's coming up, you know, and that they're doing their thing, and they are coming back to give back. Mm-hmm. So it's basically by having those men, you're trying to keep us oppressed, but we, we're beyond that. Right. So we we can use that Macon name again. We can use that Louisville name again. We can use that Savannah name again. Because like they are the major cities that basically doing their thing. Right. So Agreed, agreed. Susan, I definitely <laughs> appreciate you um doing the interview with me tonight. I I really do and really highlighting what your businesses are. And like I said, um, you know, the goal is to promote black businesses, black entrepreneurs successful businesses and I really want to thank you for taking the time out to come on and talk with us tonight. Um if you will just give them your information again so that if they need to reach out they do know how to contact you. Okay, thank you for having me. My information once again for the financial freedom and your financial portfolio is www.myfes.net forward slash Robinson 5, and that's F-E-S. And for total life changes to change that, hey, we all want that summer body, even though the the holidays are coming, we have to have that summer body. You know how that is? <laughs> that's shop dot, <laughs> that's shop dot total life changes dot com forward slash Robinson Healthy Life. My number once again is 954 Zero four. And once again, thank you for having me. No problem. We I definitely appreciate you taking the time out and talking with me tonight. I really do. Thank you. All right, and you have a good night. You as well. Thank you. Bye bye. Goodbye.
Hey, everybody, that was uh, Susan Robinson, and I hope you guys um, learned something from that interview because I really did. Again, I, I learned a little piece in history. Again, I'm from Liberia, and I, I never knew that about our little city, little Africa, as they call it. Um, so that was very informational for me. Um, I just want to thank Susan again for coming on. And you guys, those are the things that I was actually talking about. Financially, educating our youth on finance, you know, that's something that is not taught. And it definitely wasn't taught early on, like Susan stated. You know, we were taught to save money for a rainy day. Um, you never know when that day is coming. And when you use that rainy day fund, you know, what happens after that when it's depleted? So I'm glad that she was able to come on and, and definitely reiterate some of the things that I discussed. Um, again, you know, with those, those street name changes, these unconscious psychological warfare that it, it, it puts on you, that you see these things every day and you know where it comes from. And it's just like a, it's like a psychological slavery mentality, um, just from a mental standpoint, you know, Name it something like like it's going back to its original state where I told you guys earlier in the segment about Black Wall Street, successful black businesses. So think about when if I was to come up and, okay, this is the name of this street, Macon Street. Macon is a successful community or city in Georgia. Savannah, successful community in Georgia. Louisville, successful community in, Georgia, in Kentucky. I'm sorry. Think about the mindset and perception that it puts into a young person's head versus the Confederate generals. You know, these people thought we were nothing. That's what they thought of us. We're nothing. You down here in nothing. And this is the name of this street in this community. So now we know we are in, encompassing the masses in that. So, you know, I'm going to go to a quick break. You guys let everything marinate. Remember, reach out to Susan for total life changes and financial education services, something that is definitely needed. So you guys make sure you definitely reach out to her for that. But a uh, quick break, and I'll be right back. My clock up in the motherfucking sky Looking at the world like I ain't afraid to die Cause everything they told me What's a lot? Now I'm looking at my homies Like who gon' ride? Cause I ain't trying to have a fake nigga by my side Lord knows I'm just trying to make it out of the fire I'ma keep that pistol on me when I come outside Just in case I gotta use it when they cross my line Hey, I say the fast lane got me buckled up I had to cut some niggas cause they want me shuffled up I can see right through these niggas when I'm keeping up on some drugs They plotting on my pockets cause they see me ruffled up I got my tip straight, working on my mixtape Niggas changing up just like my pockets on a rent day I remember that my mama broke as fuck on Wednesday I jumped up off the porch, now she got hundreds every rent day I swear to God, I put my grind in this shit I was supposed to be and make it, but it's time in this shit I had to cut some cancer off, they had me dying this shit When I say cancer, I mean people, they be lying this shit I say, I can't trust these niggas just like I can't trust the police A cracker in a uniform, shooting like Janoki If you ain't struggle with me, then most likely you don't know me A nigga from the bottom, who just like to rap and blow trees I put my Glock up in the motherfucking sky Looking at the world like I ain't afraid to die Cause everything they told me 
What's a lot? Now I'm looking at my homies. Now who gon' ride? Cause I ain't trying to have a fake nigga by my side. No one knows, I'm just trying to make it out of the fire. I'ma keep that pistol on me when I come outside. Just in case I gotta use it when they cross my line. Hey, nigga, my eyes low. Keeping on that Cosmo. Niggas hating on me cause my stuff from Colorado. I can't smoke your shit because your shit don't get me hot though. Niggas shooting at me trying to make a nigga life go. Nigga, I'm racking and packing up all my pistols. Bullet with no initials. Niggas be trying to ditch you. Niggas be trying to hit you. Same niggas who fucking with you. It's crazy they grew up with you. Now they turning against you. I understand cause it's the life I'm fucking raised to. Niggas changing up just like a bro nigga with pain do. I'm a different nigga. I see shit from different angles. Nigga run up on me. Put them in the bar strangle. Bitch, I'm in the field with my stripes like a bangle. I can tell you fake if you don't understand my lingo. I mean my lingo. I can't trust these people. I be paranoid. I keep a shooting like a free throw. I put my Glock up in the motherfucking sky. Looking at the world like I ain't afraid to die. Cause everything is holy. What's a lot? Now I'm looking at my homies. And who gon' ride? Cause I ain't trying to have a fake nigga by my side. Lord knows I'm just trying to make it out of the fire. I'ma keep that pistol on me when I come outside. Just in case I gotta use it when they call my side. Call the nigga line. I got the beam on the fire. I got that thing at your eye. You wanna kill me, nigga? Try. Hey, don't cross my line. Don't cross my line. Hey, hey, don't cross my line. Don't cross my line. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, we're back, we're back, we're back. That was um, sounds of Dre Tunes. Um, it's called In the Sky, you know, from Liberia. Young up-and-coming artists, so, you know, support that. You can catch that on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Amazon, Tidal, many others. So, um, again, that was In the Sky by Dre Tunes. Um, you know, great show so far. Very good. Um, I just want to make an analogy on something um, about what, you know, trying to do change and trying to accomplish change. And, you know, people have gone about it so many ways and in so many forms, you know, protesting to get change done, um, getting petitions done to get change done in, in various other options, in various other ways to try to come about getting change. You know, leadership is a hard role. You know, nothing's easy in leadership. Um, when you're a leader, you know, you, you got to, you have to be ready to be out there on the limb by yourself sometimes. And, you know, if you're going for something that you're so passionate about, you, you got to understand that, you know, the people who you've grown up with, your family, um, all that you've come in contact with, Everybody's not going to be willing to fight that battle with you. So if you're going to step outside and, and, and be a leader and go at your passion, you just got to know that, you know, leaders stand alone. You know, leaders sometimes, you know, you you got to be willing to go out on that limb by yourself and just do what it is that you need to do. You know, especially in pursuing change you got to understand you know when you let's just say for instance I ran the streets all my life you know just out here doing the wrong thing and I had a group of people that you know I did wrong with all the time um you know every day 
every minute of the day, every second of the day, every hour of the day. You saw me giving my family trouble, my mom problems, and, and just being a, a headache and a pain in the butt all the time. You know, as you go through life and people see that side of you, people are not so willing and, and they're not so, they don't believe when you change for the better. They don't believe when you mindset and your mind frame from where you used to be. It's hard for people to believe that, especially when they were the ones doing the bad things with you. You know, so that's why I say a lot of times you have to lead by example. And even when you do that, especially within our community, because we hold grudges for so long, we hold things against people for so long, have the time. We we just believe stuff off rumors. Stuff don't even have to be true. Do you think it, it, it's the craziest thing? Because it's it's just is a constant fight within our community. It's a constant fight amongst our people. Things that are said don't even necessarily have to be true. But because somebody you feel is a friend of yours or is, is coming to you so genuine and telling you something, you don't even try to verify the story. You just believe it. You just run with it. You go with it and just be happy to look at whatever story it is. So now you don't like the other person because of what somebody else said. But you never even talk to the person who said whatever. The key is to hold people accountable. Hold them accountable. And that's what we got to do within our own community. See, if somebody tell you something and you tell them, well, you know what? Let me get that person on the phone that you said said that about me. And let me get you, all of us together in the same room at the same time. And let's talk this thing out and see what kind of solution we come up with. I guarantee you, the person that tells you the information, if they're lying, they're not going to be present for that conversation. They're not going to be accessible to you for that, but they're going to be accessible for you to tell you the falsified information as long as you're going to believe it. But that's where we're at in our community, and that's what we have to get away from. You know, sometimes, you know, I face this battle too. It's like you're trying to do so much, and you get so much resistance, you just quit. A lot of people just quit. Like, you know what? I'm done with it. Not even going to do it. They don't want it. That's That's where we're at with it. That's what we got to break out of. We have to be open-minded. Trust me, everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a different perspective. Nobody is necessarily wrong. There's more than one way to skin a cat. That's a saying that I was taught a long time ago. There's more than one way to skin a cat. I didn't know what it meant. I had no idea the definition or meaning of it when I was younger. But as I grew up and then you sit and you think about it, that means there's more than one way to get to a solution. There's not just one way. It's not just two ways. There can be various amounts of ways to get to a solution because nobody thinks the same. You know, people think in common, but nobody thinks the same. So it's okay if you came up with your solution a different way. It's okay if I came up with my solution a different way. Think about it. There's so many people in the world that think like me. There are so many people in the world that think like you. If we put our minds together and I bring my following, and you bring your following, wow, look at those numbers. They just doubled just off of two people. You know, so we got to do a better job at, you know, the things we entertain. We got to do a better job at that. You know, again, like I said earlier in the show, it takes a village. You know, it it really does. And and Susan really said something that, you know, kind of hit home. You know, it, it's people just don't want to be reminded of, going on out there 
And, you know, unfortunately, people that are not black, when we do things like this, um, for example, Black Lives Matter, Black Wall Street, or you just focusing on black, you know, people think something wrong with that. It's actually nothing wrong with that. We don't get enough of that. And it's not that we're trying to cause division, separation, or segregation. That was already done, and it's still present. It's still very much present. There are a lot of there are a lot of places out here that's solely for other people that's not black. Solely, it's not stated, but it's implied. So, do you get mad at those people? Probably not. Probably not. So, don't get mad when you see a Black Lives Matter. Because our lives do matter. You know, we're losing our lives. And, and think about this. Our youth is losing their lives at, at a young rate. Not only is it just to black-on-black violence. Of course, like I said, that's that's the first fight we got we to gotta get over. Once we accomplish that, we're on our way. Trust me, we're on our way. Our kids lose their lives to black-on-black violence, police brutality, craziness. And, yeah, we we want people to understand that black lives do matter. For so long, we've been treated like we're nothing. We're, we're treated as as puppets, you know, use us to make the money. But as soon as we want to voice something, it's over. Oh, no, 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 no. That can't be. You can't, as a, as a black person, you how much power can you really have? How much power would they allow you to have? Not a lot. Look at our Look at our black leaders. Martin Luther King assassination, Malcolm X assassination. And we're talking about people that didn't conform to what was put in front of them. They tell them no, don't do that. They did it anyway. You know, and those people have power. You got to think about the multitudes of people that followed those two men. Think about that in a, in a time where segregation existed. You know, I wasn't around to see those things, but you know, just hearing the stories and watching past recordings of speeches and sermons and in the crowd that gravitated and followed these people, you know, it, it's amazing. You know, every time, you know, when we go to movies per se, all you see in the movies are really movies about slavery. And I'm back on what Susan said, you know, I don't want to be reminded of it, but you constantly do. You constantly remind us of, this is what it is. So what what do you think is being subconsciously put into your mind, into your mindset? You know, and we are in 2017. Racism is very much alive and still exists. But if we focus on us, making us better, doing what it is that we have to do, some of these things may just falter off. And it's going to create one thing about it. And everybody knows this. When you're doing the right thing and you're becoming successful, the hate rises. Yes, it does. That is fact. It's not fiction. That is fact. So if this is what we're going to do, we're going to stick to our guns and we're going to keep pressing forward and keep pushing. You must understand the hate, not only from our own, is going to be so potent, but the hate from other people are going to be potent too. Nobody wants to see you in power. And to my black men, they definitely don't want to see you in power. Definitely not. We have to start emphasizing, especially to our young black boys, not taking anything away from the young black girls right now, but to our young black boys, 
and they're special. They're somebody. They're kings. They're powerful because they are. And that is why, think about it. If they were, if they were not, why are they the why are they being oppressed the most? Think about it. Think about it. It's pressure on them. A lot of pressure on the black male. A lot of pressure. Born a black male and mothers that's raising black male without a father, which is a lot. Because you have a lot of single black mothers raising their, their sons without a father present. Without a male fa- figure present. You got to think about the male figures that they see. They're seeing the drug dealers. They're seeing fast money. They're seeing the rappers. You know, when again, I'm back to what I said earlier. We're not seeing doctors. We're not seeing judges. We're not seeing the engineers. You know, I, when I was in school, we had a lot of black teachers. I had a lot of black male teachers in school. You know, and, and that meant something. You know, for for those of us that, you know, didn't have fathers, those those teachers kind of fulfill those roles. You know, because you you got to think about what you're seeing. You're seeing a black male in in a power position when you think about it. They're leading this classroom and they're, you know, they're telling what to do. When you get out of line, they get you back in line. That goes right into a father figure for a lot of kids. And, you know, we had a lot of that. So, you know, a lot of these things we have to get back to. But when we when we win the fight amongst ourselves, we'll win the fight against everybody else because together we're very powerful. And, and we have to do, we have to somehow, some way, pull it together. Um, before before I go, I, I want to talk to you guys about something, especially, you know, when this when it go, comes back to what we've gone through in the past, and you know, just being able to get over segregation and racism, and you know, racism is not over yet; it's still existing. But when you think about it. For the people that, you know, think that um, black people face a lot of injustices and, you know, I know there's nothing you can really do about it because you can't. Would you? I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. But think about an abuser versus an abusee in a relationship. Let's go male and female on this. The male is an abuser. And women can be abusers too. Don't get me wrong. So we'll just say abuser versus the abusee. Now, let's be honest. Sit back and think. You had a friend, okay, or a family member, somebody close to you that was in an abusive relationship, be it mentally, physically, verbally, emotionally. The first thing you're going to tell your friend or that loved one, that family member, or whoever it is that's in that relationship, you're going to tell them you don't need to be in that relationship to get out of that. It's not healthy for you, right? Okay, makes sense. That's not a healthy relationship for you. You need to get out of it. That's not beneficial for you, and especially if there's children involved, that's not beneficial to them because you're probably traumatizing them or you're teaching them that this is how life is actually supposed to go. So you'll tell them to get out of that relationship. Now think about it. Just think about it. When you're in a relationship, not sure for how long, but when you're in that type of relationship for the period of time that you are, the abusee is fearful of the abuser. 
no matter what is going on in the abusee's life, their thought process is always on the abuser because it's psychological. Not only is it physical, but it is more it's it's so psychological and it's it's a mental thing. So when you think about it, if a person has been abusing me for so long, I'm, I'm fearful of them, I'm scared of them. Even if a person asks me, hey, how's your day? First thought popping up in my mind is I'm thinking about my abuser because I don't want to answer the question wrong. I don't even really want to talk to you because if I'm out here talking to you, I don't know, they might get jealous. And, you know, here we go again through that cycle and I'm not trying to go through it. But think about that. And now think about our race. And we are the abusees. We are fearful of the abusers, even though the original abusers are gone and they're no longer here. And the abusees that suffered from this are gone and they're no longer here. Think about the dynamic that has been passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation. Just just think about it. Put that thought in your mind. The original abusers are gone, but they've instilled the same principles, the same methods in their kind, right? And we've instilled the same message in our kind, and that's fear. Fear. Think about every entrepreneur that I have interviewed so far during this show. Each one of them, that they had a fear, and that fear was of themselves. And the reason why... They were able to step over the plateau and really break into, you know, success and really get going with their businesses because they had to break their own fears down, knowing that they can get over it. Now, a lot of people, because I've heard it before, you know, people are in abusive relationships and they feel like they have nowhere to go because, you know, people are embarrassed to tell somebody that they're in an abusive relationship. And, you know, these abusers out here telling them, you know, you do you tell somebody, you know, I'm going to kill you. That's fear. You know, that that is fear. That is fear. And to live in that is definitely not a good thing. But, again, like I said, if it was a friend of yours or a loved one of yours, you would tell them to get out of that relationship. Now, think about it. They have places for people that are getting abused, like shelters. They hide them in protective custody, like the abusers can't find them. So then you're able to start your life over, you know. You're able to press on. They help you find a job. They help you find places of employment. Um, They help you find a place to live. All in these shelters is certain places that's actually designed to do that without your abuser knowing where you are. But you know what? You're in there. Part of you has gotten rehabilitated, but it's still so stuck into your mind that how long you think an abusee thinks about their abuser? Think about it until they fully let that go out of their system. It takes a while. So I understand where we're at. I I really do. I understand where we are as a people. But we gotta stop we gotta stop being these the abusey. We have to. Stop living in fear. So when I say being the abusey, it just means living in fear. You don't have to continue to live how people want you to live. Choose to live how you want to live. Make your rules. There's nothing saying that you can't make your own rules. Why aren't we able to come together, build our own community, and live in it? Teach our children how we want to teach them. 
build our own school systems. That's what they did in Greenwood, a neighborhood in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's exactly what they did. They taught their kids the way they wanted to because they had their own schools. They had their own law offices. And if you have law offices, that means you had judges. They had their own hospital. That means you had doctors, nurses, right? You had all these things. You had your own banks. So you had bank tellers, bank owners, own um, private airplanes, two movie theaters, 30 grocery stores, 21 restaurants, 21 churches, your own postal service, your own libraries, and the bus system. And you had 600 black businesses owned and operated by black people. Why can't we get that done? We no longer have to be the abusey. We already know there is a there is an escape to it. Because just like I said, when somebody's being abused by a, by a human, by a person, there's shelter for them to go to. We got to create our shelter. So if you, if you put me metaphorically, you understand what I'm saying to you. You just have to digest what I'm saying to you. Build our shelters. Build what we need it to be. And it's nothing wrong with empowering us. So don't let people stir you off the path. I do it. I'm telling you I'm guilty of it. I really get... I get in my feelings and I feel a little agitated when people come at me sometimes about, you know, why it has to be Black Lives Matter. Because our lives do matter. Our lives are the ones that's being taken taken in the streets at the hands of people that's supposed to be protecting us. Bottom line, I don't see it happening with too many other people. The majority that you see is us. So when we make a fuss about it, just it don't don't stand in our way. If you're not trying to help our cause, go ahead and mind your business. I don't understand that. Don't stick your nose in the business if you ain't trying to help us out. But if you just want to degrade us and, oh, we're acting like animals because, you know, we rioting and stuff like that. No, I don't I don't associate with violence. I don't associate with rioting. I don't. But this is what's going on, you know. They say the only thing that can conquer violence and that can conquer hate is love. I'm back on the abuser now. If the only thing that can overcome hate, and that's love, people, you mean to tell me that the abusee doesn't love their abuser? Half the time, they are in love with the abuser. Not only are they fearful of them, but they're in love with them, in love with them. So why is their love not able to conquer this violence that's being promoted on them? Somebody's being violent towards you, you remove yourself from the situation because it becomes life and death. Fear will make you do something that you normally would not do. But if you feel that you're in fear of your life, you should be able to protect it. And that's what the law states. You're supposed to be able to protect your own life and of your home. So whose lives are on the line here? Who feels in fearful of their life? Who lives in fear? Think about it. Think about it. I don't see a lot of other races out here that's just being antagonized by police and towns. I don't see it. I don't see it. And the media can portray a lot, but that's fact. We've seen certain deaths that happen over a period of time where people just have their hands up. No weapons found at all. And these people are getting shot live on camera. 
it just so happens now everybody's pretty much equipped with a camera phone, so it's more relevant and you can see it. But it's been going on for years. It's been going on for years. For years. Certain things the media will display to you and certain things they won't. You know, some of these fights out here, they are our fights. And when I say our fight, I mean black people. Because see, what, what I don't understand is we're in America. Bottom line, you were born in America, you're supposed to be American. It shouldn't be white, black, this, the other. Because when you go to different countries, it's just that's what it is. You're Israeli. That's it. It doesn't say white Israeli, black Israeli. It doesn't say that. You go to Germany, you're German. Australia, you're an Australian. America, white, black. It's 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 segregated. And we didn't we didn't cause the segregation because we didn't write this stuff. We live in it, but we didn't write it. We didn't make these laws up. These the the very systems that was written originally were not even it's not even were not. They are not here to protect the black people. How? When we weren't even considered citizens. Dogs have more dogs had more rights than black people did. So again, when we say Black Lives Matter or Black Wall Street, that's all we're saying. We just we're trying to get our own. We just trying to get our own. We're trying to build our own. Everybody else is building their own. Why can't we build our own? What's the problem with that? I know we're gonna be powerful. I know it. I just hope that I'm living to see it. Because if it ever happens, we sure enough gonna have a lot of power. And we'll have a lot of authority to do our things. To do a lot of things. Once we understand the dollar, how it works, maybe we even develop our own currency. Who knows? It could happen. We're educated enough. We're knowledgeable enough. We're intelligent enough. We have a lot to offer. We really do. But we have to start putting emphasis on ourselves and stop putting low limitations on what we can do and what we can bring to the table because we are very, 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 very skillful people. Very. No doubt about it. When we stop limiting ourselves and really pushing to be as great as we can be, there'll be some great things happening. Definitely. But, people, I really thank you guys for tuning in and listening to me tonight. And, um, again, we thank our guest, Susan Robinson, who came on and talk about, talked about both her businesses, Total Life Changes and Financial Education Services. And I hope you guys um, took down her information, website, and phone number um, to get in contact with her. And, again, thank you for listening in to Black Wall Street. You can catch me again next Monday. Well, I'll have two interviewees, um, one from L.A., other one is from here in Fort Lauderdale. So tune in for that. Both business entrepreneurs, and I'm excited to sit down and actually discuss certain things with them. And again, I'm quite sure I have some more information from you. If you need to contact me, have any questions, you can definitely shoot me an email at takarwilliams at gmail dot com. Again, the number if you want to text, you have a question, a comment seven five four two zero zero five seven nine one. Again, that's 754-200-5791. Um, spread the word about Black Wall Street. Please do. Mondays, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. That's when the show happens. That's when it airs. So please do spread the word. I, I really appreciate you guys for tuning in, listening in, and make sure you share it. You can do that. Also, 
You'll catch me Wednesday for those of you that want to uh, listen in from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's uh, to Carl Williams Sports Talk Radio. So you could tune into that. That's on Wednesdays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. You guys have been great. Really appreciate the support and listens. And uh, keep it coming. Uh, see you guys next week. God bless.